0: Well, welcome everyone. Good morning. 10:30. Those of you who are here in our service and those of you who are watching online this morning, we are honored and grateful that you have chosen this place this Easter to celebrate the greatest event in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today we remember and celebrate that God often does his greatest work in the darkest moments of life. Has anyone here ever had a dark moment in life? Yeah, look around the room, right? Some of you are like, are you kidding? Pastor, do you remember last year was 2020? Let's talk about a dark year. Well, if that's you today, the incredible news for you is that God specializes in taking the darkest moments of life and using them for his glory. And this Easter, we remember that a blood-stained cross led to an empty tomb, that the stone has been rolled away, and Jesus, our Lord, he is risen. And that event changed everything. So today we're going to unpack this powerful truth as we continue in our Easter series called I Am Jesus in His Own Words. Now if you're new here I just want to clarify again Pastor AJ does not believe he's Jesus. That's just the name of our Easter series although I did tell you guys in week number one that I did meet a guy once who told me he was Jesus but it was in a mental health facility, and my dad was in charge of that facility, and I'm 99.9% sure that he wasn't. But what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've really been studying some of the I Am statements made by Jesus in the Gospel of John, which tells the account of the life and ministry of Jesus on earth. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, what is an I Am statement? Well, I'm glad you asked. In the Gospel of John, Jesus gave seven different pictures of of who he is. He said, "'I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me.' He said, "'I am the bread of life. If you eat of me, you will never hunger again.' He said, "'I am the gate by which you enter life.' He said, "'I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep.' He said, "'I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness.' And as we talked about last week, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay connected to me, you will bear fruit in your life. Today, I want to look at the I Am statement that I think best fits on this Easter weekend, and it's found in John 11:25. 25. If you have your Bible or Bible app, please turn to John 11:25. 25. And as always, we'll put the verse on the screen and all the verses we look at today as well. But as you turn to John 11:25, 25, I'd love it if every single one of you this Easter morning would say these words of Jesus aloud with me. Let's read the word of the Lord um, together today. Jesus said, This. He said, I am the what? Say it with me, church. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Can we say that one more time, church? He said, what? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I have five kids. Uh, ranging in age from one years old to 17 years old. And my eldest daughter, Liberty, um, she was a fan of the TV series called The Walking Dead. Are there any Walking Dead fans in here this morning? Raise your hand. Okay, a couple crazy zombie lovers in the room. That's okay. We always say, no perfect people here. Zombie lovers are welcome. But when, when she first got into the show, I remember her asking me, Dad, what's the resurrection? And just to be real clear, resurrection is when something dies and then what, church? Comes back, right? Now, in The Walking Dead, resurrection is not a good thing. Like, people start running and screaming when a resurrection happens. But today, I want to celebrate a much greater resurrection story. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And and when he said this, many people don't understand this or don't know this, but he said this in the context of a broader story in scripture about another guy who died and didn't stay dead. And his name was Lazarus. So today I want to read that story and then we're going to end by looking at three different ways that many of us kind of die on the inside and how the resurrection of Jesus can bring the dead Back to life. So let's start with John 11, verse 1, starting off this story. And here's what it says. Here's what the Word of God says. That Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And we're going to find out that Lazarus wasn't just sick. I mean, he was really sick. Like he was going to die. And Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, we discover, were apparently very, very good friends of Jesus Verse 3 then says this, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, this was some bad news in the middle of a good life. And unfortunately, if I, if I can pause for just a moment and acknowledge that there might be some people here this morning who are celebrating some great things happening in this season of life, but there are probably others who are here this morning or watching online that are hurting right now. And that may be struggling with some bad news. In fact, maybe some of you today, you're facing bad news right now in your life. It might be that, that this job that you have is going away. Or, or the dream marriage is turning into a nightmare. Or this relationship is just not working out. Maybe like Jesus, the one you love is sick. But in life, all of us face moments when we experience bad news, when we experience a storm in life. I remember seven years ago when my son Jace was only two years old and he needed an emergency appendectomy because his appendix ruptured. And when the doctor said the situation was critical, that they were doing all they could, but there was no guarantees, I remember clearly they saying they never had worked on a patient that young before who was dealing with that. I felt like my entire world was just falling apart. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, in the middle of this, Jesus says something amazing. Watch what he says in verse four. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This bad news that you would never, ever, ever, ever want to happen in your life, Jesus says, You know what? God is going to bring glory to Himself even through this horrible situation. Really, Jesus? We'll come back to that in a bit. But let me give you a quick summary of verses 5 to 14, and you can read it on your own. In fact, I encourage you to do if you'd like. But basically, everybody believes that Jesus is going to go help his buddy Lazarus. I mean, why wouldn't he? But guess what Jesus does, church? Nothing He does nothing. For two days, he doesn't do anything. He stays exactly where he's at, and he hangs out. All the disciples, everyone around him is freaking out, and Jesus is just hanging out. And then two days later, he finally says to his disciples, hey, let's go back to Judea now and see Lazarus. And at this point, they're like, no, Jesus, it's too late. And by the way, all the religious leaders up there, they they want you dead if you didn't know, which was true. But Jesus says, no, 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 Lazarus has just fallen asleep, and we need to go wake him up. Now, Jesus wasn't really saying that Lazarus was taking a nap. He was saying that Lazarus had died, but that God was about to move. Now, what I want to do with the rest of our time is I want to look at three different characters from this story of Lazarus. I want to look at the disciple Thomas and the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, and we're going to see three different ways that each of them... We're dying on the inside. And perhaps, you know, at this point in your life, maybe you can relate to what they were going through. If you're taking notes, we're going to start with Thomas this morning. Some of you can relate to Thomas. Thomas was this. Number one, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Thomas was dead in his doubts. All through Scripture, he had a name. Do you guys remember what it was? Doubting Thomas. That's right. He was known as Doubting Thomas. And we see this again play out here in verse 16. It says, Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Thomas, also known as Didymus. Everybody say Didymus. Sounds like the name of a bad rapper, doesn't it? DJ Didymus and the Fresh Prince, right? Don't judge me. I read the Bible different than some folks. But anyway, Doubting Thomas... He goes all Eeyore, if you know, like, the Winnie the Pooh, you know, uh, story. Like, he goes Eeyore in this passage, and he says to the rest of the disciples, all right, Jesus wants to go where everyone wants to kill him. Let us all go, too, so we can die with him. In other words, he's doubting. This is not going to be good. All is lost. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you would be honest enough, and, and you are, you know, in church on Easter morning, so you should be honest, but how many of you would say, yeah, Pastor, if I'm really, really being honest, I've had times in my life where I've had spiritual doubt. Can you raise your hand? Okay, Look around the room. Lots of hands, lots of hands up in the air. Uh, Thank you guys for being transparent and honest this morning. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, um, you can sit there and polish your halo for a few minutes while I talk to the the real people um, in the room. Because everybody I know, everybody I've known in my life, at some point they prayed a prayer, And they believed that God could and would, and he didn't. And boom, they were bombarded with all of these doubts. All of a sudden, they're like, is he real? I mean, is there really a God? Or have I just been listening to what my parents have told me? Do I really believe this myself? And we can be overcome with doubt. Or perhaps you believe in God and something really, really bad happened to you in life. Or to somebody you love. And you thought, well, if God is a good God... Why did he allow that to happen? And suddenly you find yourself dead in your doubts, like Thomas. Or maybe some of you are more like Mary. I mean, you're not dead in doubt, but if you're taking notes, you're this. Number two, you're dead in discouragement. You're dead in discouragement. You don't see anything good happening in life. You just can't seem to catch a break. Mary was very discouraged. We, we see this in verse 20 says this, and so when, when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But what did Mary do, church? Yeah, she stayed at home. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she ran out there. What did Mary do? She stayed at home. She's like, why bother? My brother is already dead. There is nothing you can do now, Jesus. And, and that may be, honestly, where some of you are right now. And you think, I just can't change anything. I'm just always going to feel alone. I'm just always gonna feel depressed. I'm just always gonna be stuck in this dead end job. I'm never gonna have the marriage that I thought I would. Things are never gonna get better. And you feel dead in your discouragement. And again, that just might be the reality of where you are right now. You're not gonna show it. I mean it's Easter, right? You put your best best clothes on, your church clothes, and you've come and you break out your Christian language. How you doing, brother? Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed, right? And you're smiling on the outside. But on the inside, you're feeling discouraged. Number one, dead in doubts. Number two, dead in discouragement. And then there's the other sister, Martha. Maybe you can relate to her this morning. Martha, if you're taking notes, was this. Number three, she was dead in the delay. Dead in the delay. Jesus, you took so too long Jesus, you should have been here. Where were you? In verse 17, we see this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days, church? Four days. Four days. Why does that matter? I'll tell you. Because in the time when Martha was living, there was a commonly held belief that the spirit would stick around the body of someone who had passed for three days. Now, this isn't... A biblical belief, this isn't a Christian belief, this was a a cultural belief at the time, that if someone died the spirit would linger close to the body for three days and during that time there was still a chance, there was still the possibility that they might come back. But at four days that was it. The spirit had left. So in Martha's mind, Lazarus wasn't just mostly dead for all the Princess Bride fans in the room. He was all the way dead. Okay, He was dead, dead. He he was dead and then some. In fact, he was so dead, later in the story, when Jesus is talking about moving the stone away, Martha is scared and she tries to describe to him how dead her brother is. She describes how the body would smell. And and God bless the way the King James translators translate this. When Martha described Lazarus' body to Jesus, she said, but Lord, he stinketh. I love that. (laughs) Being born in Washington, D.C., I would have said he stank. But she said, he stinketh, very proper. That's how dead he was. Continuing on, verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would still be alive. It's your fault, Jesus. You took too long. Why didn't you come faster? You could have stopped this. And maybe some of you can relate to that. You feel dead in the delay. You've been waiting on some prayer You've been waiting on some result. I know a lot of young Christian men and women who are single, and they're like, you know what? I'm trying to live my life for God. I'm trying to serve Jesus. I'm being faithful to God, and I want to get married, and I I don't see a path for it. And all my friends, I mean, they're not even focusing on God. I mean, they're doing whatever they want. They're going to the clubs, the bars. They're compromising their values. They're getting drunk. They're hooking up. They're twerking on the dance floor. God, I'm not twerking. I'm trying to follow you. I'm doing the best I can, and I can't find a relationship. Why, God, when I'm trying to do everything right? By the way, is it okay to say twerking on Easter? I wasn't sure about that one. Some of you look a little nervous. But some of us feel dead in the delay. I know a lot of married couples, they've been praying for a baby, They want to conceive, and it seems like everybody else they know is getting pregnant, and they're sitting there asking, God, why? I mean, some of you have been praying for a loved one to experience the goodness of God, and it seems like the harder you pray for them, the further away they drift from God, and you wonder, why, God? I know a lot of people praying that God would heal someone, and as you wait and pray, you can feel dead in the delay And if that's you today, I hope this will speak to you. I hope this will be something that you never, ever forget in your life, that God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because God hasn't done something yet doesn't mean that he is not still the God who's in charge and that he doesn't have a plan where he might be glorified in the future through a very difficult situation that you're going through right now in your life today. This week I was rereading this story in my Bible, and I noticed something really interesting, at least in my version of the Bible, um, that that everything bad in this story happened on the same page. You know, you find out that, that Lazarus dies, Thomas starts freaking out, you know, Mary is depressed, Martha is mad and frustrated, all on one page. And then you turn the page, and in just one page turn, the whole story seems to shift In verse 22, this is what Martha said. She said, you know, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She she looks at Jesus and says, I know now, even though I'm feeling dead in the delay and dead in the discouragement, even dead in the doubt, even now, God will give you whatever you ask, Jesus. Some of you need an even now moment with God. You're stuck on a page, and it's time to turn the page and let faith come alive and to begin to believe that all things are still possible with our God. Some of you need an even now moment. Even now when you're discouraged, the presence of God can come in and rebuild your faith. Even now when you feel alone, the presence of God can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Even now when you're you know dealing with a jacked up family situation, God can reach in and he can bring healing and he can bring forgiveness into your family. Even now when everything looks dark and hopeless, we serve a God who brings new hope and says through me, all things things are possible. Even now when something is dead, the resurrection power of Jesus can bring it back to life. And this is exactly what Jesus does. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, Martha was confused. She was thinking about a different resurrection. She thought Jesus was trying to comfort her, saying, you know, Martha, he's in a better place You'll see him again someday in heaven. And she was like, Jesus, I don't need a theology lesson from you. I wish you had been here. And then Jesus says something that only an insane person would say. Or perhaps someone who really was the son of God. He looks into Martha's eyes and seeing the pain and the frustration and the hurt, he says to her what he says to you and what he says to me. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. He didn't say, I'm able to resurrect. He said, I am the resurrection. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe that, church? If you do, someone should celebrate this morning because that's what Easter is all about. See, the resurrection is not just what he does. The resurrection is who he is. Write this down if you're taking notes. This is really our bottom line for the service today, that the resurrection was not just an event. It's a person. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. And dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection enters the room. And the resurrection Jesus looked at the tomb where the body of his friend Lazarus was rotting away, and he said, take away the stone. And when they did, here's what happened in verse 43. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love how this story sets up Easter. Jesus is dead in a tomb. There's a stone blocking it. Lazarus is dead in a tomb. There's a stone blocking it. When Jesus goes to Lazarus, he tells the disciples, roll the stone away. When Jesus is in the tomb, the women walk up on Easter morning, and they're like, who rolled the stone away? Some of you today, you're feeling dead on the inside. You've lost some faith. You've lost some hope. You're feeling dead in the delay dead in your discouragement, or dead in your doubts. You feel trapped in a tomb, and it feels like you don't have the strength to roll the stone away. But on this Easter 2021, I just want you to remember that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has already rolled the stone away. And the same voice that called Lazarus to come out is now calling to you to come out. Your sins can be forgiven not because you're good, but because he's good. You can be set free, not because you're strong enough, but because he's strong enough. You can find new life and come alive in him, not because you're perfect and deserve it. Again, there are no perfect people here, but you can have new life because God in his love and his mercy did something for us that we were incapable of doing for ourselves. He became one of us, God in the flesh, without blemish or spot, wrinkle. Therefore, he was able to be the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. And he brutally suffered on the cross at the hands of his own creation, and he looked up into heaven. Finally, he said, Father, I did what you asked me to do. It is finished. And the earth went dark and shook, and everyone who had hoped he was the Messiah fell into doubt and despair and darkness as Jesus hung on the cross. But what they didn't realize was that it was just Friday and that Sunday was still coming. The page would turn. God would be glorified. And Jesus would rise from the dead, conquering sin and defeating death. And some of you right now, you need to know that with one touch from God, the page can turn. And I'm not here to tell you that everything is going to be perfect on the next page, that everybody's healed, and that your hair never falls out, and that you win the lottery. No, what I'm telling you is that God is always glorified, and that it's often in the darkest moments of our life that he does his greatest work. And so Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Some of you today, you're dead in your sins, but because of what he did, and not because you could ever earn it or deserve it, your sins can be forgiven, and you can be made brand new. It's called the gospel. It's the good news that God did something that we couldn't do for ourselves because he is that good. The tomb is empty, he is risen, and the resurrection changes everything. I am the resurrection and the life Whoever believes in me will never die. Can we pray together this morning, church? Let's pray. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I pray today that that your word and your presence would build faith in your people. I know that there are some here right now who might be hurting. There are struggles and trials being faced. And I want to take a moment to just acknowledge that. And if that's your reality, if if that's you today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm dealing with some stuff. I need some prayer in my life. Would you pray for me? I'm feeling discouraged. I have some doubts. Maybe you're feeling the delay and you're wondering where, where God is. If that's you today and you just need some prayer in your life, would you just raise a hand right now and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Praise God. Praise God. See a couple hands around the room. Father, I thank you that you are so good and so big. God, you know every intimate detail of every situation, of every person in here today, of every single need. God, I pray that by your power, you would intervene in the lives of your people. Father, for those who are hurting, for those who are feeling alone, I pray that you would be their help in times of trouble, that your very real presence would be their comforter and their peace. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to hang on when we're facing a storm of life. And God, give us the faith to believe that a new page is coming. As we keep praying this Easter morning, I, I love the question that Jesus asked. He said, I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? I I tell you, I I believed it in my head when I started going to church as a middle school student. And I remember as a middle schooler on Easter, I'd wear my best clothes and try to say the right things. And I had this kind of head understanding, this kind of knowledge of Christianity and the story of Jesus, but I didn't have a heart relationship with God. I understood it intellectually, but I never personalized the reality of the resurrection that Jesus did that for me. I always thought I just needed to try harder and be a good person and that hopefully I was better than others. But I didn't realize that the fear I had of not measuring up was because I was dead in my sins. And I didn't realize that dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection walks into your life. And the same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave is calling you out of your sin today, saying, come out. There's forgiveness. There's grace. There's healing. There's new life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how big your doubts are about God. It doesn't matter how bad you've been or how alone you feel or how much you've screwed up. When you come to him, he loves you and he forgives you and he meets you right where you are. And he makes you brand new. He fills you with the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And there are those of you who I believe are here this Easter Sunday for a very special reason. I don't think it's an accident you're here. I know maybe somebody in your family maybe bribed you to come this morning and told you they'd take you out for a nice Easter lunch if you showed up with them at church this morning. But I don't think it's an accident that you're here and that you're with us or you're watching online. Jesus says, come forth, give your life to me. There are those you hear and you know in your heart of hearts, you know you need him in your life. You know that if you died tonight, you don't know if you're right with God. And maybe you believe things intellectually, but today you have the opportunity to let that sink six inches down into your heart. And you're going to believe him and you're going to call on him and you're going to get to know him maybe for the first time personally. And I promise you, if you make that decision, you will never, ever be the same. So if that's you today, if you would say, you know what, that's me. I'm ready. I want to believe it in my heart. I need Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, I can't think of a better day than Easter Sunday to make that decision. Would you just lift a hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. Would you lift your hand? Praise God, I see that. Praise God, see another. Praise God, see another. I don't want to let this moment slip by because again, I believe this is the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. So I'll ask one more time, is there anybody here today and you know that you need Jesus, would you just lift a hand and say, I need Jesus in my life? Amen. Can we pray together, church? Can we pray with those who raised a hand today, those of you who are followers of Christ, maybe pray along with them this morning. To pray, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me right where I am. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe that Jesus died for me and I believe he rose again, that he is the son of God. And I believe he did that so I could be forgiven and so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you for the rest of my life. Today, I move my faith off of myself and what I've done onto my Savior, Jesus, and what he's done for me. Thank you for loving me first, God. I love you. And I want to walk with you day by day, step by step, in a personal relationship for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Church, can we celebrate some decisions made this morning? Praise God. Let's stand together and continue to celebrate our Lord and Savior.
1: To this. What a beautiful The heavens are roaring, the of your glory.
0: Blessings upon these, your people, today. God, as always, we ask that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard this morning. And this incredible story of Lazarus and the powerful words of your son Jesus I am the resurrection and the life. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with that and the courage to take action, to make a course correction. That as we struggle with being dead in our our doubts or our discouragement or in the delay, for us to be able to realize that things don't stay dead when the resurrection enters our life. For those of us who, who may just be seeking for, for God in just powerful ways you to present yourself and show us how real you are, so that we might be able to, to connect with you personally. And that our lives would be changed forever. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for not being a distant, detached God who doesn't care. A God where we have to try to do and do and do and do to earn a right standing. But instead, you're a God who said, no, it's done. The price has been paid. You are forgiven. I want a relationship with you. I want to be your heavenly father and call you my son and my daughter. I want to live with you for eternity because I love you. Thank you for being a God like that. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Easter. We love you. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise today in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. God bless you guys I hope you have a wonderful Easter and awesome week and I hope to see you back next Sunday as we continue in this series called I Am God bless you
1: have no reason you have no